Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, and welcome to episode 405 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we'll talk a little bit about the Megan box office as the film well overperformed most projections and apparently showed that doing things on TikTok might be able to result in people going to see your movie. I, I don't know how much TikTok actually had to do with that, but Megan has indeed made quite a bit of money, already broken even, and there's already a sequel apparently in the works. I have not seen the film, but I've been hearing from a plethora of people, especially those members of the channel, who have been saying that they've seen it and that they actually quite enjoyed it. So we'll talk about that. Of course, the the the, the word and the news that's on always everyone's mind is is the drama surrounding the whole Avatar thing. People are still freaking out over the whole Avatar thing. It's it's quite it's quite funny in a lot of ways. <laughs> and how many how many people are continuing to be triggered whenever I mention inflation? Or now the new thing is, now they're getting triggered when I'm mentioning the, the man they worship, James Cameron's own words, where he implied that the film probably cost a little bit more than what is being said, or at the very least, the marketing probably was a lot higher than typical marketing cost. So it's just, it's interesting to, to see the, the, the chorus of, of, of cult members, trolls, whatever it is you want to call them. And then there's like the every now and then the person who's just a fan of the movie and a fan of James Cameron. And I'm like, hey, I have no problem with you. But man, oh man, it is fascinating to watch this debacle go down. And, and apparently now there's a couple people on Twitter as well. And it's just, ugh, it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, before going any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button. Lob that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Smash the rumble button as well. And uh, thank you again for being here tonight. We've got Low Watermark, who is coming in hot. Right at the beginning of the show, $50 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much for circumventing Mama Susan, as Gary likes to say. YouTube ain't getting none of that. And it says, don't inflate me. No. <laughs> don't inflate me, bro. Don't inflate me. Exactly, low watermark. Exactly. Don't inflate. How dare you? Don't account for inflation. I think my favorite argument, too, has been, well, you can't do the inflation because if you did, then you would have to talk about all of these old movies that actually are the record holders. And it's like, yes, yes, that's exactly what we should do. We should have an actual list of, hey, these are the films that in today's dollars actually made X amount of money. Not to mention, it is a much better metric for us to understand, probably at least the closest we possibly could get, to the number of tickets those movies would have sold, because that's another factor, too, that people don't always want to bring up. As the average ticket price goes up, and the money between films goes down in many cases, right? We, we saw that with Black Panther, now coming in close to $850 million, whereas the first film made $1.3 billion. Again, that, that's a loss of revenue, but it's not only a loss of revenue, it's a loss of audience, because you don't only take into account the fact that the money that they have coming in is coming from a much higher than average ticket price, especially compared to the average ticket price for the original Black Panther. But also, that helps you better understand, oh, this is the reason why you have many more screens that are not selling a whole lot of seats. Because there isn't as much of a need. Because if you're able to sell to just the right amount of people, 
and you're able to sell to the people who especially want to pay or are willing to pay top dollar for the premium seats and for the premium show experience, then you don't really need as much of an audience. But that doesn't change the fact that the audience is still less. I think one of my favorite things coming from this entire drama, though, uh, not to belabor the point, though, my favorite thing is that people, I think, are putting me into the category, apparently, where they said, you said the film was going to fail. And I mean, I I don't go back and rewatch all of my videos, but I think I remember saying that, hey, this is less than I expected over the two-week holiday frame, but don't be surprised if the Christmas holiday, don't be surprised if this holiday season is able to uh, give it the potential to make more money. Basically, don't sleep on the film just yet. The, the film has still has a chance of being able to, to do something big. And even then, I was still saying the film making as much money as it did was still very impressive. So it's amazing that people are putting words in my mouth that I never actually said. But also, it really does, I think, help me make a lot of more sense of who these people are. These are people who don't actually watch my videos. These are the people who, they see a thumbnail, or, or, they, see a, uh, or they see a title. And I'm not really that clickbaity with my titles either. The, the, the things that I put are actual, like, usually legitimate, hey, this film just reached this milestone, or hey, I've done my projections, and so I don't think this film is going to reach X amount. I think, I think the one that they're probably drawn to is the, the one where the title is not projected to get to $2 billion. Because based off of the first two weeks, guess what? I put it in my chart, the same charting I do for every other film, and $2 billion was not in the picture. But I remember even saying, I was like, but don't throw it out of the picture just entirely because you never know. Right? The holiday frame is one that is usually unpredictable. And sure enough, the film has made $1.7 billion, and guess what? That's a lot of money. But is it actual profit? Well, it depends on whether you believe James Cameron or not. And that's, I think, really the funniest thing about all of this is that you bring up James Cameron, you bring up his comments, and immediately it's the, you can't do that. At least that's what I hear. You, you took, they took his words out of context. It's like, well, yes, I even, you can go back and rewatch the tape. I even said, it was like, Hey, well, he never, he didn't actually say those numbers, right? He he gave a hey, it needs to make you know as much as you know this type of movie, right? Top three movie, top ten movie, etc. And then they went and said, oh, here are the top ten movies. Okay, so you're saying the film needs to make about this amount of money, and then they ran that headline. So it's funny because like, well, he never said that. It's like, but he clearly implied it. He clearly implied it. And then it's like, well, he's actually he's actually changed his words. It's like, yeah, all that he did, I remember reading this out loud too. I think we did a whole a whole stream on this. Was all he said was, well, actually, uh, yeah, so I never actually said that. And so they took that out of context. It's like, yeah, but they took it based off of what you claimed, good sir. And then he went on to say, so actually, it's actually a lot less than that. And I think that we're we're not too far out. And when he said that they weren't too far out from breaking even, this is from the cam- the guy, again, James Cameron, the filmmaker himself, the guy who, who spent and wasted all the money on all these visual effects that, again, you're going to have a bunch of hardcore fans that are going to enjoy it. But as far as general populace, guarantee you it's not going to be able to play nearly as well on a small television. 
We saw that happen with the first Avatar film. We're going to see the same thing here. Yeah, it's a movie experience, and you can have a lot of people going to the theater, and that's exactly what's happening here. I'm not surprised by that. But ultimately, you have him coming out and saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're almost at breaking even. And by the time he said that, the film was at $1.5 billion. So that leads me to believe then, according to the filmmaker James Cameron, God to some, fake God to some, I would add, implies that his film needs to make $1.5 to $2 billion to break even. And if that's the case, then the film has either just broken even, has $100 million in net gain, hasn't broken even, depend again, which James Cameron are we believing? Are we believing the James Cameron today talking out of his rear end? Or are we, t- are we believing the James Cameron tomorrow talking out of his rear end? It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive into the chat. Jen, Blackroyd, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know why people... I didn't set the time to be anything other than 7. So I don't know what happened with that. Sorry if it said it was going to uh, be earlier. Uh, but CJM, what's going on? Mr. Peabody, hail to you. Snorter Poopus... What's going on? He says, hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Miss Martin Muses, hello to you, Miss Martin Muses. Thank you for being here. Ambrose Chamberpot, what's going on? J.S. Pena says, ahoy, ahoy. Keely Chow, what is going on? Orange Chat Reviews, whose member says, good evening, chat. And all those who love movies. So movie talk, thoughts on a movie called Powder 95, uh, starring Sean Patrick Flannery, Jeff Goldblum, Lance, Her- Her- uh, Lance Henriksen. Good, great, great film. I uh, actually haven't even heard of it. J.S. Pena, I'm guessing you goofed, and it was supposed to be 6.10. I guess that's so. So, yeah, I was definitely not late because it's always 7. Y'all should know better. You always know that the start time of the show is always 7 p.m. I started at, what, 7.01 technically, as far as my, my face being on the screen. But I was having to take the dogs outside. Uh, things ran late with dinner. My my wood pellet grill did not start for some reason, and then the the steaks I got the, like it's like the cheap steaks, so it, it was just very very thick, and so it took a very long time. So yeah, Matt R, what's going on, Bruce? Hail to you! Thanks for being here. Shelby loves in the chat. What's up, Forever Sci-Fi? Who's a member? Gmug seventy six says thank you. The movie arrived today. Glad the movie arrived to you safely. A bunch of people's movies who won from the uh, Christmas giveaway. Uh, your movie should be arriving today if you're stateside or over the next couple of days. Um, the, the last two people who I need to send out to, so uh, Abomination and also uh, Dan Crane, I still need to send y'alls out now that I have y'alls shipping. Uh, Kimberly G, what is going on? Welcome, Gus. Hail to you. The R, what is going on? Yeah, I just found that out too. Uh, after all the things that that Cardinal has gone through, um, yeah, really, really sad to, really sad to hear it. I heard it was like complications from like surgery too. So very sad. Gus says, are you a fan of the Pirates movies? I like Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, phenomenal film. The second one, I enjoy for the most part. The ending, I will say, watching that in theaters was fun. The ending reveal, the big reveal was, was great. And then the third one came out and it was just not good. And everything after that was also just not good. However, I do stand by, I believe it's the fourth one, where there is a character who is a, a Christian missionary, and he falls in love with a mermaid. Now, on the surface, and I've talked about this before, by the way, for those who've been watching for a long time, you know I've talked about this, that when that is the best part of the story, 
a Christian missionary falling in love with a mermaid. That tells you all that you really need to know about how good or bad the film is. Joey Horn is a member. Hail to you. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Uh, Chad has jumped on me like it normally does. Abomination, what's going on? He's hanging out over on Odyssey. Again, if you have a comment or question, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin lets me know you're trying to get my attention. And again, please smash the like button, laugh the fire button, honestly, and smash the rumble button as well. King Kane Rumshki hanging out over on Rumble. Tag is like, is it possible James Cameron is full of crap and has been for a while? Yes, I do think so. Based off of his recent comments, I, I would have to say so. But it is interesting how, how the cult reacts. You, you bring up these things that he said and, and they play defense for him. It's like, the dude's a multi-millionaire. I guess, what, billionaire, I guess, at this point? Maybe? Who knows? I don't know what his net worth is, but he's worth a lot. He's got a lot of money. He's being given, essentially, an infinite amount of, uh, an infinite amount of money to make these very bad stories that happen to look pretty to most people, or to a lot of people, at least. And so, I mean, the guy can basically say whatever he wants, and the people who buy into his Pandora's box of crazy is just going to keep on buying into it. Now, again, I'm not saying that anyone's crazy or that anyone's stupid if they enjoy his movies. I just think that it is important for us to at least be honest that his stories aren't good. That the story for Avatar 1 and Avatar 2 were not good movies, right? They were not good stories. By proxy, right? Not good movies. You can still enjoy it. I'm not taking away anyone's joy from the film, or I'm not trying to. But we can admit when films are not good and we enjoy them. That's why I always say about Thor Ragnarok. I don't. I think that there's a lot of very good points to be made about the objective flaws in that movie, but I subjectively enjoy it. I don't know why we can't come to that conclusion or why we can't at least admit that to ourselves from other directions. I don't know. That's why you use things like, like cults or obsessed, because that's how it comes across. Uh, Keely Chow, what is going on? Uh, Baby Thor is doing just fine. The wife's doing fine as well. Alice Gray says, howdy. Ooh, and how's it going? I'm here-ish. The headache is not fun. Hopefully, I'll know in a couple of days what's causing it. Hope so, man. General Wingster, what's going on? Storbibbit says, just wave a pizza and he'll come running. Uh, no, I was having to take care of the pups. Griffin Turbo, what's going on? Hail to you. By the way, Laura, the modern major general. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Uh, hail to you, Griffin. Hail to you, Great Wuda. Hail, Master of Gaming. Bruce says, I told several people to go see Megan. Well, hey, it seems to be working because Megan is apparently doing quite well. And I guess that will that will lead us to our first uh, bit of story, a bit of news to talk about today. Um, and a good, uh, a good uh, transition comment. So Bruce apparently has really enjoyed this film and is telling other people to go see it as well. So as you can see... The headline from Deadline, as I like to say, how Megan boogied her way to the box office via TikTok, sequel already in the works. Oh, boy. Doesn't that just make you love? Uh, this is from this is from our boy, Tony. This is Tony over on, uh, <laughs> over on Deadline. James Wan has been labeled by fans for being responsible for killer doll movies, specifically his Conjuring franchise spinoff Annabelle. It's funny. I really hadn't done that yet, says the horror auteur. And that was his prime reason to create Megan with screenwriter Akella Cooper. In my previous doll movies, they don't kill anyone. 
Annabelle never gets up and walks around. Everyone says I'm the killer doll, uh, doll guy. So I said, I'm going to make a killer doll movie for a brand new generation. Today's kids didn't grow up with Chucky like we did, continues Juan, who produced the PG-13 and wrote the story with Cooper. I do find that actually to be pretty interesting. That's because I've never really been a big fan of, I, I don't hate James Wan, but that genre typically is not for me. But it is interesting that he's been known as this personality. He's been known as this type of, of character, right, of being the killer doll guy. But I didn't realize that none of the dolls in the previous films that he's done actually haven't, haven't killed. So actually, I think that's an interesting motivation for him to do that. And absolutely, you, you totally get the, the, like the, the Chucky vibes from, from the commercial. Also, this image is just creepy as all get out. And again, I mentioned this in my box office video, the marketing campaign for this movie, even outside of whatever TikTok thing they're talking about, is clearly effective. It reminds me a lot about the, the marketing they did for Smile. So it makes sense that this would have done it. It says, and so Megan was born and born big. The Universal Blumhouse and Atomic Monster title blew its 17 to $20 million projections with $30.2 million. That is indeed quite impressive of a start. Taking the step, second stop, Marketplace still dominated four weekends later by James Cameron Avatar Wave Water, which is $45 million and crossed the half-billion dollar mark. Good job. Good for you. We'll see where you end up. Megan reps a fantastic start to the box office year, especially with an original piece of IP. And in January, no less. That's, to me, the most impressive part of any of this, because as we all know, January is typically where films go to die. Um, of course, that has been kind of thrown on its head because of, of COVID stuff. But I remember it was, I think it was January of, of last year, the film Old came out, and my goodness, was that movie terrible. It goes on to say, though, the original piece of IP in the pick success is launching New Zealand filmmaker Gerard Johnstone's talents out of canon before Hollywood. Not to mention, it's a great beginning for the ultimate team-up between Blumhouse and Wands Atomic Monster, which are in final talks to merge. Oh, very, very interesting. Made in New Zealand in June of 2021, one of the few safe havens to shoot then during the pandemic. So understanding that Universal always believed in the big screen version of Megan, even though such Blumhouse titles like Firestarter, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends went theatrical day and date release with the studio's sister streaming Peacock. Yep. And uh, I, I didn't see Firestarter, but I heard it was terrible. And I can confirm Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends were both gosh awful. Were both terrible. Uh, Peacock Megan always... Uh, sorry. Megan always had an exclusive theatrical release date, we understand. So opening gross level, the pick is on an exclusive 17-day theatrical window. Now, I think this is probably a big mistake, to be honest. So it has a exclusive release in theaters, but it's only going to be theatrically exclusive for 17 days, and then it's going to be going to Peacock for free? I mean, come on, man. That's not how you make money. I mean, they were able to make their money back, but that's because you had a very small budget. I want to make a movie that really connects and is emotional, Wantel's deadline. He was drawn to Cooper for her old school horror sensibility, as well as her predilection for dark humor. The two went on to work on Malignant for Warner Brothers following Megan. So what in the world is the whole TikTok thing? That's the main thing I was trying to get at here, because I, I actually don't know exactly what the TikTok thing was. It's just the dance they have a dance in the film, and so they put the dance on TikTok. Is that is that what they think pushed people to go see the film? All right, it says here, What took Megan to another level was Universal's push under Chief Marketing Officer Michael Moses. They immediately spotted a meme that would catch a fire, particularly on TikTok. In Megan's droopy sway dance, a hashtag sensation that spurred 1.3 billion views from hashtag Megan, Megan movie, Megan dance. All this traffic was organic sans a Megan dance challenge on social as Uni was keen that the dance would catch on. 
Well, I think I think I have a big question. Was it actually organic? You never know when it comes to these social media companies, especially one owned by the Chinese Communist Party, of whether or not it's it's truly uh, truly um, you know authentic or, or truly uh, organic. But I will say that I've seen it, so I can definitely attest to its reach at the very least. As Uni was keen that the dance would catch on, Uni uh, ass- assembled a troupe of Megan dancers who strutted their stuff at the global premiere last month before the screening of the trailer's Taylor Swift song, It's Nice to Have a Friend, but that's not all. They literally went on the tour, stop- making stops at the Empire State Building Subway's Tonight Show and even the front of the American Girl doll store, as well as last Sunday's Rams. Yeah, so I think that just having the just the image, right, of these creepy women dressed as the creepy dolls, right, is probably the big thing that, that push, push it over. Uh, Uni cut a trailer capturing Megan's deadpan, sassy, posh tone, which stoked the under-25 female audience, clocking over 250 million views. And I think this is the biggest problem, too, right? They're, they're talking about all the views, right? But that's just correlation, right? Correlation is not causation, as as is often said. Now, I'm not saying that this didn't have any impact on people going to see the movie. It probably had an impact, at least on some people. But my concern is that when people like Deadline run with things like this, the studios take it, take it at face value, take it as as somehow gospel truth, and then they try to do it in an inorganic way, and it ultimately fails. <laughs> so... Yeah, you look to films like Megan and Smile, and I think the two things that those films seem to have in common, and I know that not everyone was a fan of Smile, and I know not everyone is or will be a fan of Megan either. Again, I have not seen it yet myself. But it seems that one of the consistent themes with both of them is that they're generally well-made movies that, that general audiences can enjoy. So I think that's also the big problem, and that's a, that's a key thing, because if you have this social media presence... And you even have like this this whole thing catch fire, that does not automatically mean you're gonna make money because we can all remember Morbius, right? Morbius took off to the moon with its memes. I wonder what the numbers were on that. I wonder what the numbers were on on the Morbius uh, memes and numbers when everything was totaled together. That didn't help that movie. Remember, even the studio said, look at all this internet traffic, we have to re-release it, and they did, and no one went to go see it. Why? Because Morbius was utter trash. So, it's interesting that this is what they're running with. So, again, the film is doing very well, going to the numbers, the Monday box office, uh, Avatar went to drop to $3.4 million dollars. That's actually interesting. I thought that the number would actually be a little bit higher than that. And then the film Megan made about a million, set $47.6 million on a $12, $12 million budget. Very, very impressive. But while we have this number up, again, $1.7 billion, that is impressive. It's a very, very high number. But uh, of course, we also have to remind everyone, almost $200 million of that in China. So Chinese Communist Party is very, very happy with this movie. And it's amazing too when people... Say, you don't talk about that with other films. It's like, I always talk about it when films get a general release in China. So that's why I think that the people going after me clearly don't actually watch my content. Let alone catch either nuance or sarcasm or any of the other things that you want to bring up. So now that that's dropped off, though, let me put this up against... Let's do Spider-Man No Way Home as well. And again, I always like to adjust for inflation. I think it's the it's the only fair way to really actually look at these movies, right? 
So we're now at the fourth Monday release. Let's see. Top Gun Maverick is number two. Avatar is the number one. And then Spider-Man No Way Home. All right. So fourth Monday. Okay. This is the reason why right here. Look at what beat or wins the fourth Monday. It is actually <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. This is, I think, something that probably won't come across, and we really won't know until the very end, just to be upfront. I think there is a world where the film Avatar can make up to $700 million domestically. But one of the reasons why I think that Avatar may not domestically be able to beat out a film like Maverick is because the staying power, right, on the weekend, clearly, right, you can see that Saturday number, I mean, again, clearly beat out Top Gun Maverick. Didn't beat out its first film, right, the first Avatar film, but actually even ended up doing better than even Spider-Man No Way Home. However, Spider-Man No Way Home was at $670 million at the same point in time. So it's interesting that the film's actually seemingly staying in pace and catching up with, and to a certain extent, the first film. But notice also, it's half of what the first film was by its fourth Monday. So now that you have a lot of people, because as I said, right, as the weeks go on away from the holiday season, more and more people are back at work, more and more people are back in school. Do we start to see more and more drops, especially with very little competition at the box office? Or rather, again, do we still see drops, right, with people back at work, but with very little competition at the box office, is what I was trying to say. Is it able then to catch up with and match the, and again, adjusted for inflation, the first Avatar made over $900 million. And with this making, Top Gun Maverick in this case, making over twice as much on the fourth Monday, if this film continues to pace, right, 7, 5, 5, 5, and then 8, 12, 9 for its, its fifth weekend, so for the fifth weekend, that film made 21, 28, almost $30 million in Top Gun Maverick for its uh, fifth weekend. This one made $45 million, so... Again, it'll be interesting, to say the very least, where this film ends up. Regardless of any of it, $1.7 billion is a lot of money. Is it profitable? You have to ask James Cameron about that because he has got his own thoughts about how much the film costs. And his thoughts are very inconsistent and don't make a whole lot of sense. All right, headed back over to Rumble for a second. King and Rumsky says, I believe that you call a movie or anything else uh, that you like that isn't good objectively a guilty pleasure. For example, The Phantom Menace. Exactly. Exactly. But you recognize that the film has flaws. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with some of the groups that, that are in the comment section on some of the videos talking about Avatar is that they either, again, don't understand nuance or they just don't understand that it's okay that they can enjoy a film that does not have a good story. And the crux of my argument of why I say it's an objectively bad film is because you can talk about all of these different elements which have objective standards. They may not want to admit that, but it's a fact. <laughs> um, there's a reason why people go to school to become cinematographers, you know, people that are involved with, you know, lighting like gaffers, etc. All of these things, right? There's a reason why they study a craft. It's because they have to learn that there are certain criteria needed for good lighting, effective lighting, etc. There are objective standards that exist. But ultimately, when it comes to the, to the medium of film, the story is at the center. You can have some of the worst cinematography. You can have some of the worst acting. 
But if your story is good, usually that can still peak out. But ultimately, if your story is bad, even if you've got all the bells and whistles surrounding it, you don't got anything. As far as, again, uh, an objectively good movie. It's like saying, all right, you've got all of this nice tinsel and all of this nice dressing on the outside, but on the inside is a giant turd. It doesn't change the fact that it's a giant turd. It might look nice. It may not even smell, but it's still there. Anyway. <laughs> Much love to the live chat. Let's let's go ahead and get back into the YouTube chat now. Well, actually, first off, over on Odyssey, Abomination tag to say, I don't think viral social media memes or anything... Uh, like that are significant at all. It's like the Morbius memes. Yeah, I, I saw I saw that you had posted after um, that <laughs> after you said that, which apparently got the studio to put the movie back in theaters for an unsold number of thousands of dollars. Doesn't translate. No, it doesn't. Not at all. You're exactly right. It does not at all. Jenna Wingster tagged to say, "I saw a man dressed up as Megan. I have some questions." Yeah, the director actually, I believe it was the director, was in a picture and it was very creepy. Harwick, have you watched True Lies yet? If so, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yes, that's the one with Schwarzenegger and uh, what's-her-name doing the sexy dance. Um, it was okay. I don't quite understand the the love that it has. Like, I don't quite understand why people think of it as one of the best films that... Uh, that's I believe that's James Cameron as well. I don't know why people think of that as being one of the best that he's done because, yeah, I, I just... I don't think there's as much there there. Alex McCarthy then says, I do the TikTok. I should make an R.I.P.D. type movie. Victor Fontaine, what's up? Input latency time to say, hail and God bless peeps. Today's a good day. Laura says, speaking of TikTok, I deleted the app a few weeks ago. Looks like several of my favorite creators are on YouTube now, so I'm not missing anything. Yeah, the whole shorts thing is, is becoming big, and YouTube is changing its terms and service to try to entice more people to create shorts. Uh, there's ways in which uh, monetization for shorts is going to be coming which will be interesting because I don't know about you, but I already don't really watch a lot of the shorts on YouTube anyway. But if you're going to start putting ads in, I don't know. That kind of defeats the whole thing for me. General Wingster. Let's see. He'd have to say, I still plan to unsubscribe from you eventually. Maybe after Avatar leaves theaters. Ah, yes. My pet troll. Uh, Jayla says, are you watching the Golden Globes? Heck no. Why would I watch the Golden Globes? The Golden Globes were a joke even before the Oscars became a joke. The, 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 the Golden Globes have been a joke for, for decades. <laughs> Excuse me one second. The only time the Golden Globes were relevant or fun were when, when Ricky Gervais was the one that was, was directing it. Or not directing it, but the one who was hosting. That's the only time I ever watched the Golden Globes was when he was the, was when he was the host. Because he would just rip to shreds all of the Hollywood elites. And he would say all of the taboo things that you're not supposed to say. It was great. But for everything else, why in the world would I want to watch a bunch of rich, elitist snobs congratulate each other? And it's not even them congratulating each other because it's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, a group that ultimately has no bearing on anything and basically nominates films so that they can hang out with a bunch of rich and famous people. There, there's the notorious case of the film The Tourist getting nominated years ago because it happened to... <laughs> it was one of the worst films of that year, 
and it was labeled as a comedy, even though it wasn't funny. But because of the people who were in the film, uh, including Johnny Depp, they nominated it. And, and ultimately, it came down to a lot of people joking around. And it's probably true because they just wanted a reason to have Johnny Depp and, um, you know, and other people show up to it. It's just ridiculous. Orange High Review says, yeah, if people don't like Avatar, I liked it. That's all that matters. I acknowledge the flaws. I'm able to agree to disagree. But sycophants are often foolish with their zealotry. And that's why I respect you, Orange High Reviews. Because I respect the fact that you enjoy the film. If you enjoy a film, you enjoy a film. I can't take that away from you, and I don't want to take that away from anybody. But ultimately, we do. as long as we can come together and say, oh, there's some clear flaws to it, hey, boom, there, there's all that is to it. In Blazing, what's going on? Welcome. John Evan Bear says, I love it when people are being salty about you pointing out the flaws and bad story of Avatar 2. Yep, me as well. <laughs> By the way, Wayward Noodle, I totally saw your super chat, and I wish it was floating around so I could still um, click on it, but uh, don't worry, I will get to it. I will get to it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's just, it's amazing. But not even just that, right? They're getting salty because I'm, just the word inflation drives them mad. Just the word, James Cam or the phrase, James Cameron claimed it cost. They're like, that was debunked and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you're not listening. Hello, McFly, Hello. Anyway, uh, Father Luca, what's going on? Says, hey, I'll just stop by to say hi. Hope you're doing great. Have a wonderful and blessed evening. A blessed epiphany tide to you, Father Luca. And Merry Christmas. Master Gaming says, it makes sense for you to adjust for inflation due to recession. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that we don't really even have the inflationary uh, numbers for the next, like, for the past year or so. Like, when I do the inflation calculators, a lot of it is is a guess based off of because when you're trying to get it to this year, it, this year's still going on. So, you know, clearly there's going to still be, right, these moving pieces and parts. But it, it's just so interesting, though, that they're coming up with every single excuse in the book to try to downplay the importance of inflation. You know, because then they try and say, well, what about population increase, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, look, inflation's relevant because the dollar today is not worth the dollar back then. If you take the dollars of then and compare them to today, those films have more money, or, or rather made more money. And it's important for us to be honest about it because that's the only way we're going to have an actual true list of the highest grossing films of all time. If, again, we're looking at it from a box office perspective. To say, oh, I'm just going to ignore and, and act as if the inflation doesn't matter, and I'm just going to keep with my, you know... The, the total dollars, it's like saying, oh yeah, a film back in the 1940s that made $100 million, which for them was just gigantic, oh yeah, that, that's nice and all, but that doesn't reach the $1.7 billion of Avatar. It's like, no, 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 Let, let's, let's go back to see, okay, what did that $100 million mean at that time? And the only way that we can really do that effectively is inflation. If there was a really good way of tracking ticket sales, that would be the best way, ultimately. But unfortunately, there's not. So all you can really do is guess when it comes to most uh, modern-day ticket sales is you try to take the average price, divide that into the total, and that's what you get. That's what gets you, um, you know, likely how many tickets are being sold. But it's ridiculous. Abomination, what's going on? Over on Odyssey, he donated a, uh, a, a library token. 
Thank you very much. He says, let's start a Dono Gold to have Odin do the Megan dance. I don't even know the Megan dance, bro. Uh, Wee says, on Saturday, will we get to see you doing the Megan dance on stream? Probably not. Uh, I don't even know what the dance. I, I, I've seen the dance, but I saw it like once or twice in passing, and that's that's all I know. John Evan says, there is apparently going to be a new alien movie called Alien Romulus to begin shooting soon. I got this from the channel called Alien Theory. Well, again, it's been in the works for a while that there's going to be another alien film, but I just, Ridley Scott it has been more miss than hit recently, so I don't have a lot of high hopes. I do not have a light of high hopes at all for the film. Forever Sci-Fi says, Odin is definitely no Josiah when it comes to clickbait titles and thumbnails. Oh, absolutely not. I, Josiah, I love you, brother. But oh my goodness, right? I feel that he has made the video... You won't believe what this person has said about Hollywood or leaving Hollywood. I feel like it's like, wait a minute. Are people leaving Hollywood every day? What's going on, Josiah? But hey, it's effective. And uh, it, it's not like he's trying to hide it. <laughs> he's making it pretty clear. Oh, man. Super Anime Gamer says, hey, what is up, my dude? Sorry I'm late. Not at all. No problem at all. Laura, thank you very much for, for being here and uh, modding while you can. Uh, for those, again, don't know, uh, Tina is still on the mend. Uh, she can't really uh, see a whole lot, especially of, of text itself. So she's doing a lot of voice to text on the Discord. So, again, she was discharged from the hospital uh, a while ago at this point. Um, and she's listening to content, but unfortunately, you know, can't really do a whole lot else going forward um, until her eyes get get situated but anyway thank you all for continuing to pray for tina and then this is stephanie's day off so thank you gary banjo sandwich says just watched megan very robot horror predictable yeah as i said some people are gonna like it some people are not gonna like it uh i feel the same way about smile i, I enjoyed smile for the film that it was like it was creepy it did it, it did its job very effectively um but obviously i'm not a a connoisseur of that of that genre so when people say oh it was just it was predictable not good i'm like Hey, if you're a horror fan, I, I would take your word for it. Justin on the red shirt, what is going on? Zax, what is going on? Good to see you, brother. Good talking with you the other day on the Salty Morning Podcast. There it is. Wayward Noodle, thank you very much again for the $5 super chat. He says, you see Iger's recent speech about how Disney employees have to go back to the office. Very ominous talking, change, talking challenges and remaining optimistic. I did not see it. I, I typically avoid Bob Iger's speeches or those types of things in general because I just don't care as much about <laughs> what those kinds of people are, are saying. Um, but it is interesting that employees have to go back to the office. It is weird to me, though, because for many businesses, the remote uh, work makes a lot of sense. I mean, think about it, especially if you're in a big city or in a very expensive location. Think about the amount of money it costs to buy a building, maintain a building, all the things that go into it. Remote work just makes a lot more sense. So it's weird to me that Iger's kind of pushing that, to be honest, because I feel like I feel that the vast majority of what they do now, especially since everything is is so digitized and they, they do so much CGI work and everything. It's weird that they would actually be pushing that. But hey, if that is indeed true, and if that if that speech was recently, here's what I would say. You want to know who started that trend? K 
Kevin McCarthy and 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 the House Rules Package. I'm just gonna put it out there. Do you all know I'm a, a politically independent person, but it's crazy that it took this long for them to say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna drop all these silly COVID things." Let's see. Laura says, "I guess I can understand the Snyder Bros far more than the Avatar. The Avatar series just doesn't uh, rouse the emotions." And they would say, well, I got emotional. It's like, yes, good for you. Again, you subjectively had an experience with it, for sure. But uh, again, that's, one, something not shared by all. But two, there are clear objective things that you have to admit exist. Simple as that. But I don't like either, uh, Laura. So <laughs> this, the, the, whether it's the Snyder cult or the Cameron cults, I don't care about that. Or rather, um, I uh, I don't care for that nonsense. Just another red shirt. What's going on? Jace Pena says, I know you're on time. I'm just being a tool. It's okay, man. It's okay. Jonathan Bear says, I'm not watching Powder because it is directed by a convicted child predator, Victor Salva. Oh. Well, again, some people can separate art from the artist. Um, since it seems like it's an older film that came out. Um, I doubt watching it or something like that would really give him any money. So, uh, but yeah, I totally understand that. Dan Crane, what's going on? Welcome back. Physics Champ Ken Lee says, hope your night is going well. Is going great. Going great. Bruce says, and now the excuses come. Exactly. And all the while, it's pointing out the excuses being made. And all of a sudden, it's, you're the one making excuses. It's like, I just read the numbers and tell you what I'm thinking about the numbers. That that's what I do. I even said like weeks ago, I was like, by the way, Avatar is gonna oh outperform the chart that I have. <laughs> it's like I don't see I don't see how I'm not really being genuine here in the presentation of the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves. Uh, see, speak for themselves. It's one of the reasons why I'm in this business because it's it's a very easy thing to to be able to say, oh yeah, look, here are the numbers. All right. Let's let's look at some historical standards. Let's see how they're tracking. It's it's mostly straightforward. The most complicated part of it is to calculate things like break even points and uh, market shares for theaters versus you know for theaters versus studios because those again are, are moving targets. But as far as the actual box office is concerned, uh, King and Rumsky over on Rumble says if you want to do a Josiah title, you need to change yours to something like "You won't believe what James Cameron just said about Avatar." Then have him crying in the thumbnail. Oh man, talk it, talk about that would be the ultimate troll to the trolls for sure. That would be the ultimate troll to the trolls. What I find interesting though is that they're so willing and able to to just make comment after comment in the uh, you know for. for you know, for these videos and to try and play smart. And yet what's interesting is that they haven't actually gone anywhere near, and I'm sure I'm, I'm probably exposing uh, it to that kind of attack now. But uh, for those that don't know, this is another piece of news I wanted to talk about. But hey, um, I, I didn't put it in the title, but it, it is available. I, I've, I've, I've tagged people or I've tagged the Discord channel about it and I posted on social media several times. But the Raven Awards are starting up, people. If you want to submit your nominations for the Raven Awards, it is open. Uh, in fact, let me go ahead and get the link set up so that way I can post it in the chat. But it is also posted on the community section here on YouTube as well. But if you want to put your, uh, put your votes 
and your nominations in too. Yeah, nominations, not votes yet. Right now, I'm just collecting data, collecting data. But it's interesting because I, I've got 20 responses so far, and only one person has nominated Avatar for Best Film of the Year. Whereas Top Gun Maverick has about 11. <laughs> uh, but hey, it's not a very scientific poll, I guess. But if you want to vote, uh, again, if you want to nominate a movie or a person for the Wednesday Raven Awards, this is our Oscars boycott for anyone that's new. We love to boycott the Oscars. Uh, let me let me send my, send some love over to my my Odyssey and my uh, my Rumble fam as well. But it is interesting that yeah, uh, there's only been the one nomination so far for Avatar's best movie of the year. But this is a very fun thing that we do, where again we boycott the Oscars because the Oscars are ridiculous. They lost any sense of meaning a long, long time ago. And so for the last several years, we've just done our own show. So we try to always, we, we try and match up as much as we can with the Oscars themselves to maintain that boycott standard. So the nominations will be announced when the Oscar nominations are not at the same time, but on the same day, the actual uh, Raven award show will be the same night as the Oscars. It won't go nearly as long as the Oscars. It's one of the benefits of the Raven awards. And it's just a lot of fun, right? You have standard categories, things like best movie of the year, but then you also have worst movie of the year, which we have given the very uh, prestigious title, the Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Craft World Building. It's one of my favorite titles. One of my favorite, favorite titles. So again, if you want to put in your own nominees, hey, you can put in whoever it is that you want. The only thing I ask is that if it's a, if it's a category asking for a film, please make sure it is a film from this year. Right, because I know a lot of people are like, you should add this, and you should add this, and you should add this. I was like, I, yes, but I let people have the chance to determine whether to drop a category or not, and uh, overwhelmingly, people voted to keep the categories. So, the lowest rated category was still seventy five percent keep rate. <laughs> anyway, WG just came in dropping fifty dollars. WG, thank you so very much for your very incredible donation. Via Streamlabs, circumventing Mama Susan. She ain't getting none of that money. Saying, great work and God bless. Well, thank you, WG. I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, it really does, really does mean a lot, man. Thank you. You are a beautiful soul, in the words of Az. Kimberly G says, I got my movie today. Thanks again. No problem. No problem. Glad that you enjoy. Or hope that you enjoy. How 3000, what is going on? Hardwick says, mine arrived yesterday. Thank you. No problem at all. Glad that it got to you. Jess Pena says, so I'm new here. Are the Ravens on your channel or somewhere else? Yeah, so they're hosted here on the channel. And as I just said, so we're collecting nominees right now. So anyone can take that link that I posted and can enter in. Uh, again, if they think a certain film this year, and we're talking for films released in 2022. So they have to have a 2022 release date. So anyone that puts in movies or anything that's not relevant to the category, those will not count. Um, basically, um, in the next couple of weeks, so this will be open for probably a couple of weeks because the Oscar nominations, I think are coming out end of January. So, um, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll close it up. We'll see what got the most nominations and then whatever got the most nominations. And we'll again, do a, a tiered, uh, list, right? So let's say five movies all got multiple votes, whatever the top five movie vote getters were. Um, we'll end up getting nominated 
and then the people get to vote. Then all of you will get to vote on what the best and worst in film for 2022 is. And uh, most of the categories are indeed film-related because, obviously, you know, film channel here. But there's other categories, too, that I think uh, also allow people to have fun. So, for instance, there's a shill of the year category. That one's always fun. There is also, uh, 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 let's see, what's the other one? MPC of the year as well. So, lots of very fun categories. But most of them are indeed having to be from films from 2022. And I know not, I know not a lot of people liked the films this year or watched the films this year, but again, whatever it is that you want to nominate, you can put N slash A in a category if you don't have an answer. So anyway, Laura, uh, trying to say Jack Sparrow had the best entrance of any movie character ever. This this is very true. Great, 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 great entrance for sure. Uh, Mika says camera is a hype machine. That might be so, but I, I look at it as him being a, a deceptive person. He's being incredibly deceptive. So I, I, again, that's not the kind of person that I want to be a fan of. I, I, I like his older films. I, I think Terminator two is one of the best action films of all time. I think aliens is fantastic. Um, Titanic even, I think has, you know, a lot of things that I like about that movie. There's a lot of films of his that I like. But I think he's gone off the rails with Avatar, and the fact that he's just spending the rest of his career, it seems, there is just sad. It's a, it's a waste. It's a waste of his talent. And um, yeah, again, you can say he's he's hyping things up. If anything, to me, he's being disingenuous to try and and again, you might say that he's being effective in the fact that he's getting people to show up because he's trying to imply that the film the film needs to make this amount of money in order to break even, or it needs to make as much as this movie to make to break even. Oh, we have to go see this film now. I know there's one person in the comment section who claims to have seen the film like nine or ten times. And it's like, hey, that's on you. That's your money. You have every right to spend it the way that you want to. But I have every right to sit back and say, uh, that's obsession. Hardwick. There's a fan edit that significantly improves the fourth uh, POTC movie by trimming out a lot of the excess including most of the mermaid missionary romance. Oh, a Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I don't really care much about the film in general to really want a fan the, the fan edit. I, I like fan edits only if they're there to like preserve things. So that's why I love Project 4K for Star Wars and um and other things like that and also the cut that you found of True Lies like that's how I was able to watch True Lies. But yeah. Just another red shirt who's a member says Jack Sparrow rivals Hunter S. Thompson for best character for Johnny Depp. Uh, let's see. Gary Banjo Sandwich says Pandora is like the bracelets. More and more films added, like the charms. Whoop de doo. Exactly. Alice McCarthy then says James Cameron hasn't had a good movie since True Lies. And that's saying quite a bit. Uh, Zach says, great to meet you. Sorry, great to meet you as well, man. Sage Rokaseka, salvete omnis. Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Blessed epiphany tied to you. Joey Horn, it says, was, J was Cameron's last good story The Terminator? And that is basically Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at his filmography because he's just, it's amazing. It's been what? It, the first Avatar came out in 2009. So, 
were looking at him being involved, but obviously there was, it took years for that film to get off the ground. So you're looking at him spending what, 15, 20 years in Pandora. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause also too, it's like, are you going to count the things that he was a, are you going to count the things that he was a producer on or not? For me, I, I, when I think of filmography, I think specifically of him as a, as a director, like as, as being, um, you know, kind of like the, the key behind it all. So that's why, for instance, I, I wouldn't count Dark Fate as a James Cameron movie. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count Alita Battle Angel as a Cameron movie. So literally the last film of his that he actually wrote and directed that I think has any value to it whatsoever is Titanic, which came out in 97. So the, uh, of the films that he wrote and directed... Let, let's go through this. So there's a couple that I have not seen. So 1978, that's his first. Xenogenesis, I've never seen it. Piranha 2, The Spawning, never seen it. Oh boy. Then he did The Terminator. That, again, solid film there. Uh, he apparently wrote Rambo uh, 2, or Rambo, part, uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, sorry. Wrote and directed Aliens, which is fantastic. Wrote and directed The Abyss, which I'm a big fan of. Wrote and directed Terminator 2, Judgment Day, which was fantastic. Wrote and directed True Lies, which was fine. It wasn't my favorite, uh, but again, it was okay. And then wrote and directed Titanic. And then he did he did not write or direct another film until Avatar in 2009. He wrote and directed that. He then wrote the screenplay for Alita. And again, I liked Alita a lot, but he was not the director, so... He was not the, the the full writer on that movie. He then wrote the story for Terminator Dark Fate. So the dude took the dude has responsibility then for what happened to those characters. To the Cameron fan fanboys out there and, and cult members there. And then most recently, Avatar Way of Water. So as I said, those are the, the films that he has directed and written. And then he has done some uh, documentary features as well. So he did Ghost of the Abyss. And then he also directed and produced Aliens of the Deep. So th those are the only things that he's done really since then. That's just sad. I mean, again, you, you go back to the core of... You, you go back to the core of his time as a filmmaker, you know? And you go back and you think to yourself, okay... He starts off strong early on in his career with Terminator, which was great. Rambo: First Blood Part Two is fine. I mean, I I love the I love First Blood. I think the first film is is the best film. But you know, hey, this is fun. Aliens, phenomenal. The Abyss, really really good. Liked it a lot. Terminator Two, probably one of my favorite action films of all time. True Lies, again, good. Not my favorite, but good. Titanic, hey, it's got its flaws as well. Very bloated story. This is, I think, when he started to kind of just fall into this the the bloated storyline, because there's a there's just so much that can and should have been cut from this movie. Um, and again, there's a lot of things that I do like about it though. And then he does again, does not actually uh, come on as a writer director again until Avatar. That's just that's just sad. That's just really, really sad. So basically, I think that all of us can say that um, Titanic was the beginning of the end of his career. 
Again, when I say that, obviously his career is still going just fine and he's still making millions of dollars. What I mean is that as a creator, as a writer, especially especially as a writer, hasn't done really anything of significance since 97. And even then, I would say we could probably argue <laughs> further back. Orange Hat. Mega didn't interest me. I skipped it. Yeah, again, I'm kind of in the same way. Kimberly G says, dolls creep me out. Me too. That's why I kind of stayed away from the Chucky films, to be honest. Creep me out. J Roar, what is going on? Welcome. Bruce, what's up? Thank you for being here. Alzbert says, according to my wife, the official Twitter accounts of Megan and Chucky have been having a back and forth. Well, that's just fantastic. Dan Crane, uh, what's going on, man? I saw you had a couple of uh, messages that got rescinded. Says, hail to the faithful that listen and obey the true words of our overlord Odin. His words of wisdom will bring bring joy to your to your hearts. Please don't become a cult, people. No, my Asgardian family. Please don't become a cult. <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Matt R., what is going on? Happy to have you here, man. Justin of the Red Shirt says, I just got the complete series Haven in a box DVD set. Glad they never tried to make a sequel series. A, a DVD or Blu-ray set? Gary Banjo says, Megan, sequel Dave coming soon. Do you think so? Is that is that true or is that just a... <laughs> is that a joke also? Maybe a joke that I'm listening. Great Widow says, 17-day window for Megan. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, I've heard of the different theatrical windows before. But 17 days is, I think that might be the first one that I've heard of at least. Bruce says, did you hear M. Night Shyamalan watched Cabin in the Woods and thought, I can make that, I can make that none too. Knock at the Cabin coming this year. Yeah, I saw the Knock at the Cabin uh, trailer and I saw that announced and I was like, wait a minute. There's a lot of Cabin in the Woods vibes that I'm getting from this movie. <laughs> Definitely seems like it. Uh, Gary Banjo says, maybe a man Inch, maybe a man internet doll Odin. Oh, no, no. Let's see. Laura says, I don't know if Wednesday would be as big of a hit if it wasn't for her iconic dance, which the actress choreographed by watching videos of goth kids dancing. I will counter that with one point, Laura. Or maybe it wouldn't have been as big if then the woke media didn't go after her when they found out that she had COVID when she filmed that dance. And then risk the lives of everyone on set. <laughs> Did that bring bigger attention to it? I don't know. But yeah, I think that's a good point too. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, never, it's never a guarantee. But also, I think Wednesday was already taking off even before that dance, uh, you know, became famous. So it's one of those things where it, it still would have been successful because it was already doing pretty well. I think that you could definitely say... It brings in some views, for sure. I mean, even in the case of Morbius, it did bring some people out to the theater. Thousands of dollars, which is nothing, right? But ultimately, uh, it does have some impact. We really can't tell for sure, though. I, I think it would be interesting to have on-the-ground reporting on things like that, where it's like people who are outside the theater when people are coming out and saying, okay... You know, what prompted you to go watch this movie? You know, what motivated you? Just to see, like, how many of them would actually have said that it was the the social media campaign. Abomination over on Odyssey says, We all know the sequel to Megan is actually Morbius. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. 
<laughs> we over on Odyssey said, week one of not giving my money to James Cameron went to Puss in Boots. Week two of not giving my money to James Cameron went to Megan. Week three of not giving my money to James Cameron is going to Plane. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot Plane's coming out. I don't know why. Based on everything that I've seen and heard of, of about Plane, I don't know. I don't know if that one's going to be able to be a, as much of a box office hit. I don't know if that one's going to be as successful as as what we saw from Megan. And again, if you have a comment or question, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin at the beginning of your comment. So that way I know you're trying to get my attention. Otherwise, I can't guarantee that I'll read, my, read your comment. KK and Rumshki over on Rumble says, Is a Raven vote in 2022 still good if the movie was shown in 2022 or opening weekend was in 2022? So yeah, it, so basically the official release has to be 2022. So even independent films, so films like Whale, uh, you know, for instance, that that would be a 2022 film. Uh, even the film that got released in just four theaters, uh, the the one with uh, uh, was it a man called Otto or something like that, uh, with uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name, with Tom Hanks. So that one would be a, a release date of 2022 as well. So it, it's the release date. Not necessarily the wide release date, but just the the official release date. That's that that's what counts. And it can be theatrical. It could also be Netflix exclusive, HBO Max exclusive, any of the streaming services exclusives. Speaking of streaming services, um, so I, I have YouTube TV. I I use it to watch uh, wrestling and and other things. But I am also a bit of a political junkie as well. And, and C-SPAN's so hard to to get access to on like a streaming device. Does anyone have the DirecTV stream? And if you do, do you like it? And two, if you've also had uh, YouTube TV, is it any better or as good? Let me know in the comments section. Random thought in my head. Because for some reason, the only streaming service that has, the only streaming TV service that actually has uh, (laughs) C-SPAN, again, that's the kind of nerd I am, Uh, is is the DirecTV one, which I don't want to get because I don't really want DirecTV at all. Um, and again, this is the streaming service that they have, and, and it's not like I don't. It's not like that I hate the the YouTube TV experience. It's just that it has almost all the channels that I would need, plus unlimited DVR. Whereas YouTube's is it expires after a time, and then other things too. I don't know. Let me know. Anyway. Uh, King Ian Rumshki says, never mind. I just, you just answered my question. I guess I can't vote for No Way Home. No, you can't. Are you saying Cameron's career started to sink after Titanic? Bazinga. There it is. Um, but yeah, so yeah, to, to get to your point, yeah. If a film, it's, yeah, it's the release date of the film. So not if the film was playing during the year. So yeah. Um, no, by the way, No Way Home, if you want to check out my website, ombreviews.com, you can check out previous Raven Awards and see the nominees and the victors. Spider-Man No Way Home already won. It won Best Movie of the Year for 2021. So um, the way I wor- the way it worked was we did a, like a weight scale. So you ranked, you did some rank choice voting, and uh, Spider-Man had the highest uh, ranking of a 3.45. So it was out of eight points. So that means that vast majority of people gave that score like a one or two or three. And, uh, yeah, there were some interesting picks that year. And also, it's funny because, again, if if naturally the film Avatar gets a lot of votes enough to be a nominated for Best Movie of the Year, guess what? <clears throat> That's what it's going to be. <clears throat> I had to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to put Zack Snyder's Justice League 
on the best movie of the year for 2021, and I hated that film. But hey, got got nominated, and since technically it was a different movie, I allowed it, right? Because obviously the original Justice League came out years before, but since it was apparently it was an entirely different film, I, I allowed it. Anyway. Let's see. Mr. Roy, what's going on? Good sir. Thank you very much for being here. Much love to you. Rob D, tired to say hello. Odin, I watched Black Adam. I thought it was decent. 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, again, there's good things in it, but the movie overall is just very, very forgettable. Yes, Laura. We all love good charting. All love good charting. Master Gaming says, what do you think of the do the doll horror movies, The Boy and Brahms The Boy? I'd never seen, I've never seen them, and I don't want to watch them. One, remember, I don't do horror films in general. Very few exceptions. And uh, yeah, dolls creep me out too. J-War says, there are some oddball movies on YouTube that are actually interesting. One is called American Astronaut. The other one is called That's My Baby, which had music from my grandfather. Interesting. Nice. <laughs> General Wingster, Oda's gaslighting. These schools don't exist. Yeah, these trade schools, they don't exist. No one's taught how to do lighting. Rob D says, going to watch uh, The Banshees of Nishirin next. Hope I like it. I find it funny that Mad-Eye Moody and the disguised Grindelwald are friends in it, or at least they were. I know. Um, great film, and it's a movie that is definitely not going to win everybody over. I would say go in just knowing it is a drama with comedic elements. So... Um, and I've mentioned this previously, uh, the last time <clears throat> the director and the actors came together was for a film called in Bruges. And that film was phenomenal. I love in Bruges. So funny. That's a dark comedy with serious elements. So this is kind of the opposite where there's still comedic stuff, but it's, it's primarily a drama. <clears throat> Let's see. Hold on one second. I'm trying to see if I can clear my throat. So I'm not really losing my voice. It's just I've been stuffed up for a while. Let's see. Mm -mm -mm -mm. All right. Chat has jumped on me like it usually does. Again, smash the like button. Please, Harwick says, To me, True Lies is so enjoyable because it's essentially a screwball comedy with action mixed in. I find it hilarious. And again, yeah, I could totally see why people will find it hilarious. It's just it, it really wasn't my cup of tea. And uh, as you all know, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate, very open about my, my faith. I was just, the, that entire dance sequence to me was just, no. It was, no. I I had problems with that. General Wingster says, Odin Banshee's now on HBO Max. It's now my favorite streaming service. Boom, there you go. Yeah, it is available at HBO Max. Uh, they've been getting a, a lot of these films more recently. Master Gaming says, I enjoyed Violent Night, yet I acknowledge its objective flaws. Exactly. Right. And, and again, for some people and for some movies, one can get past them and enjoy them for Violent Night. I could not. I did not have any fun with I did not have any fun with Violent Night. I thought that I thought the film was terrible. It was just it, it was to me. The, the story is just so on the nose. It's it, it's almost as if it's offensive to the audience because it's like. There's just no wonder to it. There's there's no surprises. There's nothing that keeps you wanting to watch more unless you like seeing a Santa Claus-like person 
commit acts of violence. Like it's just that that's just the only thing I really got out of it. It was just it was too much. It was too on the nose. Like when when comedy is that straightforward and that on the nose, it it just ceases to be comedy at that point to me. Um, so yeah, I I wasn't a fan. Also, and again, I wasn't a fan of it before even talking about this aspect of it. But I also it didn't help that they were telling a story about Santa Claus. They referenced the fact that he's gone by many names, including Saint Nicholas, which is the factual basis. An origin of Santa Claus, literally Saint Nicholas, Saint Niklaus, and yet they decided to turn him into some random Viking warrior with Christmas magic. I was like, what? Like, you could have done something really, really cool with the actual historical Nicholas, but no, no, let's, let's just go ahead and de-Christianize this entirely. And actually... In a way, it's almost it's almost as if they they completely paganized it. So there's reasons to dislike it on just again an objective level, and then that's just my own subjective bias coming in, where it's like they essentially paganized the story of Santa Claus. Because again, I can enjoy a fun. I mean, films like uh, Krampus that that came out a few years back. I thought that film was really uh, I thought that was a really good dark comedy uh, Christmas movie. So. It's not that I don't enjoy that type of film. It's just, I don't know. You add all of the things together, and then on top of that, you add that. And to me, it's like, that that's a no-go for me. Uh, let's see. Emblazon tag to say, have you checked out All-Star Superman or Superman versus the Elite Great Animated Movies? I tend not to watch a lot of animated movies, to be honest. Um, yeah. General Wingster, stop trying to make inflation a thing. It's never a thing. Ah, yes, it's never a thing. Hey, you know, General Wingster, uh, and again, he's our petrol, so he he is he's a good guy. We love him because he 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 loves to troll in a fun way. Um, but yeah, it's like all the people who say stop to talk about inflation. It's like, oh, are you good friends with 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 Joe Biden? Because <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about inflation either. Uh, Dragon Brick says an idea for shorts. How about a shorts clip showing shorts rosaries, i.e. with 10 beads? Ooh, that's a good one, for sure. But again, I don't really like the whole shorts thing. Alice Carly says, I don't know how the Megan dance, but I know the Wednesday dance very well. Yeah, that one has definitely made the rounds a lot more, um, at least in the feeds that I've watched. Well, also because with the Wednesday one, there's just sp- there's been so many spinoffs and variations of it, too. Harwick says, Metropolis finally enters the public domain this January 1st. You mean that it has it already entered the public domain or that it will enter the public domain 2021 or 2023? Sorry, 2024. Jazz Pena, speaking of Ridley Scott being hit or miss, what are your thoughts on The Martian? Love it. I love The Martian. That film was so much fun. And that might actually be the last film that he made that I actually enjoyed. Let me go ahead and uh, pull up the old uh, Ridley Scott and look at his filmography because, yeah, it's just he's just been so, so hit and miss. And it's sad because when he hits like it is just he has made some very, very good films. But then you just look at some of the recent ones and, and it's just it's just awful, you know. So let's let's pull up his filmography. So here talking about. <clears throat> Uh, the Martian again. I really like The Martian a lot. So you go back again. 
So what did he direct? So you go back to Alien. Again, great film. Uh, very much enjoy. Blade Runner, classic. I, I have one of the sets that has the um, various cuts of the movie. Uh, Legend is one where... Did I end up seeing that one? I don't think I have. I have it. I own it. I just haven't actually watched it yet. Uh, Thelma and Louise is very well known. I've actually never seen that one, to be honest. G.I. <laughs> Jane also have not watched either. Let's see. Uh, didn't watch Hannibal. Uh, I have seen the original, though. Black Hawk Down, actually haven't seen. Heard good things. Matchstick Men, I've seen parts of it. Haven't seen all of it, but... Clearly uh, a Nicolas Cage a film. Kingdom of Heaven is one of my favorites, actually, to be honest, of, of his filmography. You have to watch the director's cut, though. Ah, it's beautiful. Such a well-made movie. This is this is the perfect example, one of the most perfect examples of, of why a director's cut can sometimes be a really good thing. Uh, never saw a good year. American Gangster I saw, and generally I, I liked it. Generally I liked it. Uh, Body of Lies, had fun with that one. Uh, Robin Hood, not so much. Prometheus, oh, that's such... Uh, Prometheus is like the epitome of his career, where it's like, there are things I really like about it, but then it just also lets down in so many ways. The Counselor just looked terrible, and I never saw it because the trailer was just looked completely awful. Exodus Gods and Kings was not good. <laughs> it was just not good. Martian was fantastic. Alien Covenant, not so much. All the money in the world, I at the very least give him credit for in two weeks' time replacing an entire actor. So, for those that don't remember All the Money in the World, this is the one that originally had Kevin Spacey starring in it. Right before its release, all of the controversy came out about him and he got canceled. And so, Christopher Plummer gets put into the role and he reshoots all of the scenes. And puts Christopher Plummer into the movie. And actually, to be honest, it was effective enough to where, had I not known about it beforehand, I don't know if I would have noticed it. Because I did know about it beforehand, I, I did notice it. But even though I'm not a big fan of the film, <laughs> I don't think the film is really all that good, I, I have to give him credit for being able to pull that off. Last Duel, I never saw. I've heard good things about it, but also it, it sounds like the kind of story that I might not be able to get into because apparently there's a there's a scene featuring Grape that uh, happens a lot. And I don't like when films show things that they don't really need to show. And when you're going to show it multiple times, it just is kind of ridic ridiculous. Uh, House of Gucci, I, that, the trailers just made it look very pretentious, silly. And apparently he is making a film called Napoleon uh, for Apple TV for this year. So, yeah, as you can see. Very mixed bag, but he's also made some uh, some fantastic films. So for me, some of I would say my, my top films from him in no particular order. Sorry, I actually glossed over Gladiator. My bad. Oof. How dare I? Gladiator. Great film. Um, but no, I would say my favorites would be Alien, Blade Runner, uh, Gladiator, of course, Kingdom of Heaven. And then I would probably then go to The Martian. Martian was just great. Martian was fun. I wish he would make more films like The Martian, to be honest. So, anyway, going down Ridley Scott. Dragonbreak says, kind of like Tom from Midnight's Edge made shorts showing his actual shorts. 
That's fun. Laura says, a week after my office brought everyone back into the office, half of the office was out sick. That's... <laughs> wow. Farber Sci-Fi says, working remotely made me realize that <clears throat> I don't need to live in or near the city where I can be more easily controlled and restricted. I gave up permanent position to get out. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, that's one of the beautiful things. That, so again, it's one of those positives and negatives, right? Because remote remote work and remote... Uh, just the process of remoting in destroyed education. It just, again, destroyed education. Um, there's just no mincing words. There was nothing good about the remote schooling that happened. Um, I mean, it's better than them, not better than kids not getting anything, but it would have been so much better had there been some major movement to try to actually get homes, like real homeschooling uh, co-ops together and stuff. But Obviously, that that's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> but when it comes to remote work in general, yeah, I mean, if if all you if the only work you do is is work in an office and work on a computer and that's all you do, I mean, business can save so much money just by saying, "Oh, just remote in." And when we have meetings, then we can you know talk about it and bring that in. <clears throat> Let's see. Abomination over on Odyssey has some comments says, wonder if they made a different spin in Violent Night. Like the entire time they have this mythical character who just so happens to dress in a manner that we think resembles Santa. And he goes on the violent, but at the end of the movie, you hear ho, ho, ho and slave flying in the background. If that would be cooler than just Santa Savage. Well, again, that's not really what they do. Again, they, they make up their entire own mythology and that is a big problem because it's like you don't need to make your own mythology. There is there is a distinguished and established, um, not just even mythology, but history to St. Nicholas. Kinkan Rumsky over on Rumble says, uh, there was one good thing about remote education. Parents could see the crap their kids were being taught. Hey, actually, you know what? Good shout, Kinkan Rumsky. Good shout. So I, I stand corrected. Absolutely, that is that is a that is a pivotal thing, because if if that doesn't if that didn't happen, parents would not know, and you would not have have, have you would not have had happened what we uh, saw happen in Virginia, for instance, um, and in many other places where you have parents now so much more invested in what their kids are actually being taught. So yeah, good shout, Kincaid Rumsky. Harvey says after Victor Salva got convicted in '88, he served 15 months. Of his three-year sentence, he then went back to making movies, including Jeepers Creepers movies about a monster hunting children. Ah, yes, that's that's just <laughs> that's on the nose. Master Gaming says, "I put Avatar: The Way of Water in the overrated movies in the Raven Awards to trigger your haters in recent videos." Oh, here's the thing: I honestly think, all right, because here's my honest assessment: I think by the end of it, right? Because we still got a couple weeks of people to, to put nomination to put nominations in. And this has happened before. I think that Avatar will end up being nominated for a Raven. I think that it will be nominated for Best Movie. I think it'll be nominated for Worst Movie. I think it'll be nominated for Overrated Movie. And I think it might even be nominated for... Like, I think Avatar will end up getting so many... And to me, that's just going to show what, what I what I've been trying to say with it is that clearly the money shows that there is a, a core group of people willing to shell out a lot of money for this movie. And 
you can try to point to say, well, Rotten Tomatoes says the audience score is great, and oh, well, Cinema Score says the audience score is great. It's like, yeah, but when you talk to real people and and you talk to, um, you know, real fans of of of, of movies, or not even just that, but I guess just general populace, it's not nearly as as universally praised, you know. Because in my chat alone, guess what? Yeah, people that love it. You got people that hate it, and then you got people that are in between. There's a good mix of people here. But, yeah, this perception that it's this, like, universally loved thing, and the immediate thing is, well, guess, look at how much money it's made. It's like, okay. There's been a lot of bad movies that have made a lot of money. The first live-action version of Alice in Wonderland featuring Johnny Depp, for instance, made over a billion dollars, but let's not talk about that. Just another red shirt says, I will have the same problem with the Raven Awards this year as previously. I've seen precisely one movie released this year. Well, at least you will be able to vote uh, when the nominations are in. Forever Sci-Fi says, I may have to put Jeremy in for shill of the year, says Forever Sci-Fi. <laughs> oh, and you can specify for, for why, too. You can say shill of the year. Reason? Avatar. <laughs> oh man Harvey says when Powder came out in 95 Salva's 1980s victim urged people to boycott it before making movies Salva was a childcare worker that's just creepy man Great Buddha says so I can't vote for either No Time to Die or Spider-Man No Way Home okay got it no uh, this is true Campia is a perennial candidate for Shill of the Year um, he, he almost always gets nominated for it um, I love doing the breakdowns too. When uh, so when the nominations are announced in a couple of weeks, when we finally like close that off, it's my favorite thing because we get to go through saying, you know, this is their third nomination. In uh, you know, this is their third nomination. They've won it once. So yeah, John Campia tends to be in the mix. Brie Larson's been in the mix. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy's been in the mix as well. Those are always fun. Oh, good shout. Uh, yeah, Robbie, for sure. The year of Frost. Frost definitely deserves NPC of the year. I think show of the year should go to, to Jeremy for the Mario movie. Sorry, John Campia. Uh, again, though, he, shill he definitely is shilling for it, but I will say, technically, since Mario is coming out this year, I think that I think that next year's Ravens will be where that will be probably more appropriate. But hey, Y'all nominate who y'all want to... That's the whole th That's the whole reason why we have this. This is... Y'all get to really run the show. I just put the things together. I I look at the charts and I look and see the numbers and I say, okay, this movie got this much, okay. So, you know, the only time that I ever really involve myself is if there's a category where just a couple of movies got nominated and I like having more than just two films or just two people. So I might say, oh... I will use my my power as as all father of the channel to to add in my own nomination or something. But again, the vast majority of the time, it's completely from y'all. Great Wood says Titanic is coming back to theaters on Valentine's Day. Not surprised at all by that. Mike Jackson, what's going on? Welcome. Harwick says James Cameron wrote Alita as a three-hour movie and hired Robert Rodriguez to trim the script down for pacing and film it. And, and again, I, I like Alita. You all know I'm a fan of Alita Battle Angel. However, 
I do not want a second one because one, I do not trust James Cameron to write as, uh, to be able to write a story for Alita at this point. And two, I don't trust Disney, especially, to be the ones that are going to produce it. Again, I love the first Alita film. And I can't tell you how many Blu-rays and 4Ks I gave away for that movie because I thought it was great and I wanted people to go see it. And most people who saw it ended up liking it. But knowing now where James Cameron is in his career, where his mindset is, and also knowing that he would be working with Disney, most likely, in, in producing the film, I, I don't trust it. I really don't. Let's see, Dan Crane, currently bring, uh, currently binging on uh, OS Babylon 5 sci-fi series, loving it. Is there a possible reboot coming? Any specific details? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I don't really follow TV as much, and I still need to watch, actually, Babylon 5. I've actually never seen it. General Winkster says, remember, Odin, it's not important the quality, only if it makes money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's my favorite argument. Well, you can't say that it's not a good movie because it it's making money. It's like bad movies make money all the time. Um, the other thing, too, another, another really f- a fun comment that I've seen a couple times, not as much, but I have seen a couple times, is people saying that, that I that either I or your community or something like that that we've shilled for Marvel, <laughs> and I'm like, you clearly haven't seen my videos. When someone's calling me a Marvel shill, it's like, bruh, have you not heard my r- endless rants about how cr- how garbage Endgame is? And that's that's actually one that I I get into disagreements with with friends with right. There are friends that I have. Uh, on you know through YouTube, geeks and gamers that enjoyed Endgame. There are people in this chat who I think even enjoyed Endgame. I I hated that from the get go. Um, I I thought the story was trash from the get go because it was a trash story. Um, and, and it's just again, it, it's just amazing. It's amazing, and that's the reason why too. Like I don't have a problem, and I'm sure someone will clip this or whatever. But I don't have a problem hiding people from my channel. Like if you're coming in just to to troll and be a, be an ass, not just to me but to other people, you've got no place in the comment section, because to me, the channel is a community, and I'm all for us making the community even bigger. But if you're again just gonna be a complete asshat, especially to other people in the comment section, there's just no there's just no place for that. But I I bring that up because. One of the other reasons why I just think it's so justified is because there's just so many comments where it makes me almost feel like, and I know it's not, I, I know that there are actual people on the other end, but it comes across so robotic, so NPC, like that, like again, there that there's people who have just this standard reaction to everything, and you hear it, and you're like, okay. What you've just told me, I'm glad that you've worded it in the way that you have because you've just showed me that you don't even watch the videos. Because if you think that I'm a Mar- if you think I'm a Marvel shill, you don't watch my videos. But getting back to, to, to the main point about movies making money, I mean, hey, Doctor Strange 2 made $950 million and it was still a garbage movie. People go see garbage. It happens. 
Sahil says, the Wednesday dance is a poor man's Toby dance. No. Okay, Sahil, you need to look up since you brought up Toby, right? The the Spider-Man 3 dance. There is a hilarious video that my wife found. And it, it is um, Wednesday dancing with Bully Maguire. If you know anything about Bully Maguire, legend, look up Wednesday dance Bully Maguire and it will make your day. So funny. Forever Sci-Fi, there are way too many choices for the worst movies. You can only nominate one. Great Wuda says, I'm going to watch Plane because it gives me 1950s action vibes. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick is definitely going to get a lot of votes for sure. And uh, I think the I think RRR is, is definitely going to get some love. I can tell you it's definitely already gotten uh, a couple of nods. So I definitely could see that. The R says, restore the Snyderverse. No! No! Patui, I spit at you, Snyderverse. Bruce says, I have the fat man. Mel Gibson is Santa. It'll be heading your way with many others after I watch it. That is, uh, that is the holdup with the shipment. Um, I, lo- I liked Fat Man. I thought Fat Man was great. I thought Fat Man was great. Mel Gibson is Santa. See, that's an example of a movie that does a, a hardcore Santa character well. I, I thought that was a very well-written uh, story. Uh, Hardwick says, to be fair, it isn't making Santa Claus a Viking better, uh, isn't making Santa Claus a Viking better than making the actual St. Nicholas into a psychotic killer. Well, again, that's just the thing, though, is that the entire premise is flawed. The entire premise has has issues, right? As I said, that's like, I have to get through everything else, and then I will talk about how that also bothered me, right? So... Uh, let's see. Jeremiah Ferrer says, what did you think about the new Ant-Man trailer? I was glad to see it seems to be dealing with the time and loss of time you wish you could get back. Glad it's showing another good father. And again, I, I, we need to be careful with those, man. Right? The the whole good father thing, it's now, it's, it's bringing me back in time. It's bringing me back to the Tomorrow War when the standard was, uh, hey, at least it's not woke. Is the new standard now, well, hey, at least it's a positive father figure and again i understand the importance of that i'm not trying to downplay that at all and if that's a reason why you enjoy a film hey more power to you but i think we do need to be careful to not let that itself kind of cloud our judgment on on the rest of the film i don't think the films looks very good to be honest because everything the, the biggest problem that the mcu has now is all of their films look the same because the vast majority of them are nonstop barrage of CGI effects. And it looks so fake. It, and it just, it almost, it, it just looks so lazily done. Howard says, my Metropolis comment was in past tense. It entered into the public rotation. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, because it, it wasn't past tense in the comments. So I just wanted to clarify. Uh, so did the final Sherlock Holmes story making the entire Holmes can in public domain. Nice. Very cool. Harry says, I'm still looking forward to you watching the director's cut of Ridley Scott's Legend. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people are, are interested in that. I don't know when I'm going to get around to it. Rowdy says, only scenes I liked from the last duel were the battle scenes. They were bloody violent. I hear the fight scene, the actual duel is great. So maybe that's something where, especially since I know that one of the categories that I have for the Raven Awards, and again, it's one of the reasons why I, 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 I like just what we've been able to do with it 
um, with the Asgardian community over the years. One of the things that I really like about it is that we have things like best action fight sequence. I, I would not be surprised if that is one of the top vote getters uh, for for the year. In fact, let me try and see if I can uh, scroll down and see best fight scene ac action sequence. So the Batman has been getting some love. Northman's been getting some love. RRR, of course, has been getting some love. Let's see. Interestingly enough, actually, uh, I have, I'm not seeing anything yet for that film. So you never know. But yeah, it's, it's cool to see. It's cool to see the early results coming in and, and certain films getting love. Harvey said, did you know that Salma Hayek, who's in House of Gucci, is married to Francois-Henri Penault, CEO of, Car of Carrying the Company that owns both Gucci and Bal Balenciaga? No, I did not know that. I did not. Did you know that she's going to be in the final Magic Mike movie? <laughs> Orange hat. Victor Salva may have been a criminal in the worst way, but two things can be true at the same time. Powder was a movie that had a good story, great acting, powerful themes. I recommend it strongly. And again, Orange hat, you know, I think at this point especially, uh, you, you, you've watched me for a long time. You know that most of the time I can separate art from the artist. So I am definitely not saying no to, to giving that film a... Uh, to giving that film a shot. So let's see over on honesty. Abomination says wonder what, uh, wonder what would happen if platforms made it. So you have to watch a video for more than five minutes or 50%, whichever is less before you can comment on that video. Yeah. I mean, I, it's one of those things where I like it and I don't like it, you know, because there are sometimes people where they just want to show support for the algorithm. Right. And I, I think that that is definitely something that um, is is uh, that's something that also that needs to be considered, you know. But I, I do think that there is some value to that for sure. I definitely think there's some value to that. By the way, I didn't see anyone comment on it, but does does anyone have the Directv stream service? Let me know. <laughs> do I still I still do uh, have questions about that. Because I, I am considering uh, doing the free trial to get C-SPAN coverage. Because <laughs> I can have it on my phone, but when I want to watch it on TV, you know, Laura knows what I'm talking about. She's, she's, she's a, a politics junkie as well. Let's see. Favorite sci-fi. Just finally finished my nominations. So many bad movies to choose from. It took a while. I did nominate Jeremy. Was 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 he also liking Black Adam? Yeah, I don't remember, but he did he did say that he thought Thor: Love and Thunder. He didn't like it, but he did think Thor: Love and Thunder would uh, make a billion dollars, and and it didn't. So Jeremy Griggs. <laughs> great that's great <laughs> man that is gonna be a fun one. Oh, there's some good names in there too oh i love this one i don't think it's gonna get anywhere and i have no idea what it's referencing but this is the nomination the guy who runs the cosmic wonder youtube channel i don't even I don't know what that's trying to reference. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to to, to break down uh, the nominees. That's going to be fun. Jess Pena says, for show of the year, I totally forgot about people like John Campion, Scott Mendelson. So I just put Lofty. I forgot about Alex McCarthy as well. Oh, man. Yes. Now, don't forget, people. Alex McCarthy is one of the biggest shills. He's not a shill, though. He just has bad movie opinions. There's a difference, I think. Kimberly G says, Stephen Colbert and his vaccine dance songs, the worst. Oh, that was awful. I will say this year, though, I don't know if y'all have seen the, the hilarious cut that they've done of it, but Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon recently did a song where he was singing all of the COVID variants, and it was cringe. It was not good. Uh, Fingbook, what is going on? Welcome. Let's see. Uh, the Old Guard says, a fellowship even. What's going on? What's up? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Community. <laughs> I like saying community. I, I know that some people get triggered by that, but I, I call it my Asgardian community. I, I consider myself to be a member of the fellowship, but I'm a part of the Asgardian community. I just realized that I'm well over time, people. So we're going to have to start to wrap things up, but I was just having a lot of fun uh, with, with the conversations there. See, Laugh Stale, tagged to say, Ghostbusters 2016 made $230 million at the box office versus Ghostbusters Afterlife, which made 203 with slightly smaller budget but larger marketing costs. So why is Ghostbusters 2016 considered a flop? Again, according to who are the marketing costs higher? That That's the biggest problem is that you go, I go by what the standard is just because some person, again, if it's coming directly from the studio saying this is exactly how much money we spent on marketing, the problem too with that too is even if it comes from the studio, what people don't often don't often understand is that if you are trying to take into account higher marketing costs, you have to then say, okay, if you're going to go down that route, okay, how much money are they getting from product placement? How much money are they actually not spending in marketing because they're doing dual campaigns with other uh, companies so that they don't spend money? You have to take into account so many different things that ultimately in the end, it ends up being a wash. So the reason why Ghostbusters 2016 is considered to be a massive flop is because one, it was, and two, because its budget was vast. And don't forget either, don't forget either, you got to adjust for inflation. Let me go ahead and see if I can pull that up real quick just to, to try and end off on, on that note. So let's see. Ghostbusters Afterlife. And then, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I put in Ghostbusters and uh, <laughs> there we go. Ghostbusters 2016. So let me, do, 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 do. let's pull up versus Ghostbusters. Let's assume this is the 2016 one. All right, let's adjust for inflation. Yeah. Okay. So first off, <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. Laugh stale here. Uh, okay. All right. This is what laugh stale said. Made $230 million versus Ghostbusters. Slightly smaller budget. $75 million budget for Ghostbusters Afterlife. $152 million budget for... That's not slightly. Ghostbusters 2016 cost twice as much. 
That's why it was a massive flop. It costs twice as much money. So I don't know. So, and Laughsdale, if you were not coming in to troll, um, again, I apologize for, for snapping, but those are the kinds of comments that I typically get when people are trying to be smart and are trying to troll. And if you are, at least come in with, with legitimate information. Because if, if I go back and fact check and look into it, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's the reason why. Because it costs twice as much money as Ghostbusters Afterlife. And it only ended up making an extra $40 million. So yes, oh, it made more money. But then also, guess what? Ghostbusters 2016 came out in 2016 when theaters were when theaters were open. <laughs> uh, not to mention uh, the 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 sales artifact. Let's see, Ghostbusters. Let's see, 17 million dollars, and it's also been included in many of the collector sets, which has not been the case for Ghostbusters 2016. So anyway. My goodness. All right, let's go ahead. And Father Christopher Miller says, uh, just home from sports ball. I'll be on the bus this time next week in D.C. for for, uh, for the March. Ah, yes, the March for Life. It's going to be weird this year. I don't know what the March for Life is going to look like this year, man. I don't know what it's going to look like this year, Father. Because uh, it's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Hardwick, Santa's Sleigh was a slasher starring film. But oh yeah, 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 I remember that. I I didn't see it, but I remember it. Not my cup of tea. I'm just gonna say it right now. Someone say Selma Hayek. <laughs> get get soul assassin's attention. Uh, yeah, I hope Banshees of Anishring gets a little bit more love. Uh, I thought that again. I thought I thought the film was just completely uh, fantastic. Oh, you're the you're that guy talking about cancel call, dude. What is your deal? What is your deal? Laura says, when Raven nominations done, uh, my best one, my best one line was the mantra from the Northman. I will avenge you, father, save you, mother line. Oh, and Jeremy got <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's always fun. Fallon and Kimmel are trash. Kimmel is absolutely trash. Jeremiah says, glad to finally make it back to your live streams. Been busy Christmas and pray for my grandfather. He's in the hospital with cluster. Absolutely. We're praying for him. Um, again, so sorry to hear that. I had a wet washcloth on my eyes and heard my name, says Alex McCarthy. Hey, cool cloth does wonders. It does wonders. All right. Orange Hat says, before we close, Tina and Steph, love you both. Hope you are uh, well and healed fast. Yeah, again, uh, Steph, th this is her night off. So that that's where she is. She, she has work. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Tina B, we are thinking about you, praying for you always. So thank you again. Uh, and, and we love you. So anyway, if you want to vote for this year's Raven Awards, I will be posting the link once again in the various locations. Thank you to everyone for hanging out tonight. It was a ton of fun. And uh, make sure again, smash the like button, light the fire button, honestly, smash the rumble button as well. We will uh, be back, or I'll be back on Friday Night Sights this Friday, and then we will have our Saturday evening stream. And uh, I think our next stream will probably be more uh, dedicated to the Raven Awards, talking about the past Raven Awards, trying to build that up a little bit, uh, bring more attention to it. So yeah, make sure that you get your uh, votes in and, uh, and have some fun. Anyway. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Huge shout out to 
Laura, the modern major general of the channel for modding tonight. Thank you so much. It really does help and mean a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone show some love, show some hearts to uh, Laura, the modern major general, shorty short in the chat. Anyway, have a wonderful rest of your evening, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my January Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with my Patreon members, Father Luca Illich, Garrett Searles, Jaimeer Ari Hymason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Orange Chat Reviews, you can check out on his YouTube channel, Orange Chat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Eagle Rider, and Miss Martin Muses, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out over on her YouTube channel, Tina B, with her show, Soup to Nuts, which she does, um, tries, to do, tries to do every single week with her friend and with fellow uh, Valkyrie and fellow mod of the channel. Stephanie B. And also a special shout out to the modern major general of the channel, Laura Story. Thank you again for joining. And of course, I do want to give a special shout out to Tina B and make sure that everyone knows that our prayers are being extended towards her as she continues to recover from complications that have occurred uh, recently with her medically and has resulted in a loss of eyesight or at the very least of, of more clear eyesight. So to continue to offer our prayers for her. Also, a shout out to my subscribe star peeps, Matt317, who can check out on his Twitch channel by the same name, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and The K-Man, who you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D90, and the amazing lawyer Brett, oh, sorry, and the amazing lawyer Robert Barnes. So thank you all very much for supporting me on Local Subscribe Star and Patreon. If you want your name shouted at the end of every live stream and video, please check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to this and also, of course, to a monthly podcast that I do with John the Flick Flick Plickinger. Also, access to a giveaways channel on my Discord where I give away films this month. I've got films like Seven Samurai on Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection to give away, The Banshees of Anishirin, Tommy Boy Steelbook, Edge of Tomorrow 4K, and tons of other 4Ks and Steelbooks as they get released over the next month will be available. And also, of course, digital codes as well so if that any of that sounds interesting to you check out that top link and join over on patreon subscribe star or on locals you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless